Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming back for another episode. I'm your host, Brad Bedke. We have a simple but entertaining episode for you this week. I'm going to be doing my prediction for the top 10 teams at the end of the regular season for the upcoming NFL 2022-23 season and, of course, this week's fast break. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume for some immaculate vibes while we jump right into episode 35 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Took my baby to the highest highs. I told you the vibes were going to be immaculate. I tried to warn you. It's your choice if you chose to listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode. Number 35 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. July is almost over. Can y'all believe that we are already almost done with summer? Because to me, it feels like about three weeks ago, it was March. So maybe that's because Florida temperature never changes. Same year round pretty much, so maybe I'm just stuck in the matrix, but let's go ahead, jump right into it. This week, I wanted to do something a little more opinion-based, not a whole lot of statistics and facts. I mean, there's facts, but 99% of the main course in today's episode is opinion-based, so here we go. My top 10 teams is my predicted top 10 teams at the end of the regular season. Now, let me reiterate what I mean by that. I don't mean that number one on my list is the Super Bowl winner. It means that by the end of this regular season, number one on my list has the best regular season record. With that being said, let's jump right into it. At the number one spot... They finished with a record of 12-5 last season, the number four seed in the NFC, and Super Bowl champs, the Los Angeles Rams. Pretty obvious reason to just throw it out the window, they won the Super Bowl, right? But here's why I think they will still be the best team in football next year. It's because their roster got better. The team got stronger. While only maintaining very minimal losses, players like Sony Michelle, who once Cam Akers is healthy, is a third option. Robert Woods, who did not play all of last season, so how important was he to the winning season? And then Von Miller, who has made quite less of an impact that we have known him to make from his past seasons. Now let's talk about the additions. Two really big names. Allen Robinson from your Chicago Bears. I don't think people realize how good A-Rob is because his talent is so undermined in Chicago because look at the quarterbacks he's had over the last couple years. Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Mitch Trubisky. Not a lot of talent, man. I kind of like Justin Fields, but 
everything given, everything around him did not put him in a situation to succeed. And Robinson had one of his worst seasons last year. So I think that was very much based on his environment. I do believe that the Bears are toxic. I I don't think that things can work there for right now. There's a lot of things that need to change for the Bears to be a successful team. So adding a receiver like Allen Robinson to a roster like the Rams, who already had last season's best wide receiver, who was very close to beating the single-season wide receiver, single-season yards record, and then adding a second option like Allen Robinson, all the while guys like Van Jefferson proved themselves last year as to how reliable they can be. And then the obvious addition, Bobby Wagner, who was arguably the unanimous best linebacker in football the last, like, four seasons. Him and Fred Warner have gone back and forth the last two years, but I would say this, and I mean inside linebacker, I'm sorry. I don't really qualify players like T.J. Watt and Chandler Jones as linebackers. Because I refer to them as pass rushers, so which is what they're known for. I mean, look at JJ uh, TJ Watt. He tied the record for most sacks in a season last year. So, pass rusher, thank you. Anyway, going back to what I was saying, Bobby Wagner, one of the unanimous best linebackers in football for the last couple of seasons, added to a team that already has what it has. And I believe I've mentioned this in past episodes, but you now have the best D-lineman in football, one of the best corners in football, and one of the best linebackers in football. You have everything you need. You have a captain at each position. It's written in the stone. Success is destined. So like I mentioned, they maintained minor losses One player didn't play all season. Another player was a backup option, only really played because Cam Akers was hurt. And then Von Miller, he just hasn't had as much of an impact as he used to. So, boom, number one team out the way. The number two team on my list finished the season 11-6 as the three seed in the AFC. The Buffalo Bills. A very interesting thing I saw. They had the single biggest point differential in the regular season last year. They And this is not per game. This is all games. A 194 point difference. That's a big difference, man. They had a very consistent season. Despite being 11-6, and six, there were a couple losses in there that were easily avoidable. And I think this year, they finished with the second best record in football. You look at the additions they made. Adding Von Miller. I know that I mentioned that he has not been himself. But... When he's himself, he's one of the best pass rushers in football. When he's not himself, he's just as good as your average starter in the NFL. So 
even at what we think to be his worst, he's still pretty good. And looking at a team like the Bills, whose best line uh, linebacker is Tremaine Edmonds, they could use a little help, personally. Also adding O.J. Howard at tight end to take some pressure off of Dawson Knox, who took a huge leap last year. Shaq Lawson is returning. All in all, the team is better than it was. And they should have been in the AFC Championship last year. Anybody who disagrees with me is stupid. Because there's a reason that the NFL went in and changed the coin toss rule in the playoffs. Because it's a BS rule. It's essentially luck. Some will argue that, oh, well, the Bills had a chance to defend themselves. Okay, no, because if they're a team that's primarily known for their offense, like Kansas City, who got the ball first, you're damn right they're going to succeed. But I guarantee you, you put the Bills offense on that field and the Chiefs defense on that field, the Bills win that game quicker than the Chiefs did. All by a coin toss. It's BS. It wasn't fair. And that's why they implemented the new rule. So, I think they should have been AFC contenders last year. So, I think, personal prediction, they win the Super Bowl this year. That's just me. So, there you have it. That's your number two team. Number three on my list, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Finished the season 13-4 and as the two seed in the NFC. To put it quite frankly, they have the best roster in football, position by position. Unprecedented talent, while only maintaining pretty minimal losses. Ronald Jones, who was the backup to Leonard Fournette, but Leonard Fournette had a pretty big year last year, so I think, long story short, they showed they didn't really need him. I think it'll show that he's not there, but I don't think it's a huge loss to gossip over. They lost O.J. Howard, the tight end, and also Gronk. So they're going to be relying on Cameron Brait at tight end, which he's been a little on and off for a good portion of his career. Not to mention they just signed Julio Jones, which we know that he wasn't himself last year, but I think he still has it in the tank. He's not quite done yet, in my opinion. I don't know about his old self, but I still think there's something left in there. But all in all, you look at the, they finished, they won the Super Bowl in 2021. I'm sorry, 2020 technically was the season, but they won it in 2021. They finished with one of the best records in football. So, Brady's back. I mean, come on. Not a whole lot to understand here to be on the same page. My number four team. This one will surprise some people. They finished the season 10-7 with a fifth seed in the AFC last year. Las Vegas Raiders. They added two superstars to the team. Devontae Adams 
longtime friend of Derek Carr. How, if you were to ask an NFL player right now how important chemistry is, I guarantee you, especially quarterbacks, are going to answer and say very. So you look at guys like Adams and Carr, chemistry's already there. They're great friends. And then adding Chandler Jones as a pass rusher to your defense. I think they could use it. Their defense definitely isn't their primary option. I think their best linebacker before him was Denzel Perryman. So, I think they have what it takes to be a playoff contender. And I think the two superstars on the team are going to help them make a big jump. Not to mention the depth they have at positions where they made losses. Like mainly running back and wide receiver. Signing players like Kenyon Drake, so on and so forth. The number five team on my list. Some may be surprised they fell this far. Finished 12-5 and five last season. Number two seed in the AFC. Won because of a coin toss. Kansas City Chiefs. Now, they did lose Tyreek Hill. But they acquired Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and then drafted Sky Moore, all to build up on the wide receiver position, not to mention also still having... Miko Hardman on the team, and obviously Travis Kelsey. They also acquired Ronald Jones to help Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the backfield. Not to mention their first-round draft pick they made, George Karlaftis, who, in my opinion, was one of the best D-linemen in the draft this year. And I think that Kansas City got a huge steal out of that guy. So, you almost want to argue that despite Hill being gone, the roster almost got better. But, I do think that their defense is their biggest flaw, and they hardly made any acquisitions this offseason to fix that. I understand that they had to make up for losing Tyreek Hill, but... As far as I'm concerned, Karlaftis is the biggest jump they made to try and boost the defense, where, ironically, was the one place they didn't really need a whole lot of help is defensive line, having Frank Clark, Chris Jones, so on and so forth. They need more help at def defensive back, and for some reason, I still don't fully understand it, they had released Anthony Hitchens, who was their starting middle linebacker, so that one doesn't really make sense to me either. They definitely need some help back there as well. So I had them drop down to number five, more so because of their defense. And there's no really proven chemistry with his current wide receivers other than Miko Hardman and Travis Kelsey. Jumping to number six. They finished 9-8 and eight last season, third in the AFC West, behind the Raiders and the Chiefs, you have your 
Los Angeles Chargers. Now, one really big deal, big splash that this team made in the offseason was acquiring two of the best defensive players in the league, J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack. To a team that already had quality players at said positions. Having Joey Bosa to now line up across from Khalil Mack. And then adding J.C. Jackson as backup to Asante Samuel Jr. And obviously Derwin James over at safety. Made a very large jump. And could potentially fight to be the best defense in the league. One of the best pass rushers in the last two decades. One of the best young corner talents in the league. Not to mention one of the best young safety talents in the league. And then obviously a consistent great player in Joey Bosa as well. Ironically, I still think they finished third in the AFC East. But I think that they make the playoffs regardless. At number seven. I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I wanted to put them a little bit higher, but it's their regular season performance last year that kind of had me hesitating. They essentially really only lost the tight end CJ Uzama, who didn't really have a huge impact other than in the playoffs, honestly. But it's very clear that they're, they have other good options as well. They're obviously contenders, considering they were. It's the acquisitions they made. Specifically offensive line. Getting the center out of New England, Karras. The right guard out of Tampa Bay, Kappa, and the right tackle out of Dallas, Leo Collins. Very important. Because if you look at one of the reasons that Cincinnati didn't really put up much of a fight towards the end of the Super Bowl, let's talk about how many times Joey Burrow was sacked. Nine. That's unacceptable for a Super Bowl team. So I think Cincinnati did the absolutely right thing by going and chasing offensive linemen to add depth to the position. And now this team could be dangerous. You get you give me a healthy Bengals team, they could be dangerous. I really did want to put them higher, but like I said, their regular season record killed it for them. Ten and seven finished fourth in the AFC. I do think that one hurt them. Ten and seven. So. But like I mentioned, big jump. That offensive line is going to be very, very big for Joey Burrow and Joe Mixon, both who both had great seasons. At number eight. Finished twelve and five last year as the one seed. The Tennessee Titans. 
Now, despite the fact that they lost their wide receiver one, A.J. Brown, they acquired Robert Woods from the Rams. Now, if you eliminate last year, you look at some of the past, Robert Woods is pretty good. I think he was like consistently like an 86 or an 88 overall in Madden like every year. So essentially, he's the same talent level as about Adam Thielen pretty much. So he has the potential to be a wide receiver one, absolutely. And before Cooper Cup really got famous, essentially before the new uniforms. Now, don't get it twisted. When Cooper Cup was wearing number 18, people knew his name. He was making a couple big plays, young man. But Robert Woods was definitely wide receiver one. So I think he has uh, a lot of potential to prove a lot of people wrong here. Bobby Trees, as Cooper Cup calls him. Bobby Trees, one of the coldest nicknames I've ever heard. Not to mention adding Austin Hooper, which I find a little weird that it took them a year to fix the problem because they had uh, let Jonu Smith go to New England and never really corrected the tight end problem. So I'm glad that they went out and addressed it with somebody who's who's capable of maintaining the tight end one position. Obviously, the returning one seed, but... Looking at it's it's less about the fact that I think they're gonna drop and more about the teams I think are gonna make jumps as to why they're falling all the way to number eight on my list. They could potentially be as good as last year. I don't really know what they're gonna do, though. It's hard to tell. Can Derrick Henry stay healthy? He only played eight games last year. Is Robert Woods gonna be enough to make up for the loss of AJ Brown? So on and so forth. At number nine, they finished nine and eight last year with the seventh seed in the AFC. I'm sorry, the NFC. The Philadelphia Eagles. Can you say significant jump roster wise? Please say it with me significant they added some serious playmakers AJ Brown to take some pressure off of the young guy second year wide receiver Devontae Smith adding a veteran corner in this league James Bradbury to line up across Darius Slay another veteran in this league that's going to be a lethal secondary. Mark my words. Hassan Reddick, who is a good fundamental linebacker in this league. I was initially pretty salty that the Lions didn't draft him the year they took Frank Ragnow, but now I'm happy we took Ragnow because he's actually one of the best centers in the league. But at the time, I would have liked Hassan Reddick. I very much liked him coming out of Temple. I thought he was very talented, and I think a lot of that did transfer over to the league. His fundamentalist capabilities that he was so consistent with in college stuck with him. I think it was just that now he's on the bigger stage and has a lot more to compete against. It's a little more difficult, and it's also a little harder for him to take the spotlight on a team like Carolina where the middle linebacker Shaq Thompson, who's pretty good. So I think that this will work out for him. He has a lot of good leadership over there in Philly as well as adding Kazir White, the linebacker from the Chargers. Not to mention their draft. 
N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis, both out of Georgia, big acquisitions, great players. I was so upset the Lions couldn't get N'Kobe Dean. I do love the way the Lions draft turned out, but I would have loved to get N'Kobe Dean. He's he's born he's a born leader. He was the leader of that defense at Georgia that just won the the, the championship last year, and I think that's gonna stick with him. And then Jordan Davis, massive dude. Everybody knows who Jordan Davis is. Not to mention the center Cam Jurgens, who was a huge acquisition as well. Great player. And clearly, they're bringing him in to go under the wing of legend, potential Hall of Famer, Jason Kelsey, who can you really get much of a better mentor in the league right now? I don't think so. At number 10, to finish off the list, also finished 9-8 and eight last year. They were the second seed in the AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts. They added, obviously, Matt Ryan at quarterback, which I think could, could, not will, but could have a potential to have a good, a positive effect on the team. As well as adding Stephon Gilmore will absolutely push this team into the playoffs. You look at last year, they missed the playoffs by one game and ironically lost to the freaking Jaguars. They arguably have the best defensive line linebacker combo in the league with DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard. And they only seem to be getting better as the years go by, especially Darius Leonard. I think I saw a graphic a couple months ago that Darius Leonard is already off to a better start statistically to his career than Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher were or something like that. I know Ray Lewis was on there but I can't remember who the other was, but it was another Hall of Famer. But yeah, he's off to a better start, statistically. It's it's crazy. He's, ha- he's having an insane begin to his career. He's definitely going to finish Hall of Fame as long as he stays healthy. So there's your top 10. I did add an honorable mention. They also finished 9-8 and eight last year, finished third in the AFC East, Miami Dolphins. It's probably not one you expected to hear, no? They added. I mean, this team probably added more than any other team in the offseason this year. Tyreek Hill, one of the best receivers in the league. Teron Armstead from the Saints, one of the best tackles in the league. And then adding some insane depth at running back to back up Miles Gaskin. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle. All players that could fight for the first or second spot on a team. So their backfield is going to be crazy. And then on defense, adding Melvin Ingram. And then not to mention the lineman from Dallas, Connor Williams, who they're going to be putting as center, and apparently it's working well according to Mike McDaniel and Connor Williams. Massive number of additions. They will make a jump and potentially fight to finish right behind the Bills in the AFC East. The depth this team just added, it's just ridiculous. It really is. It's crazy to think about. All the while maintaining keeping a lot of their bigger players, like Xavier Howard, so on and so forth. 
It's crazy, man. It's a crazy, 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 crazy thing. All these teams, so many changes. What I'm really looking forward to, it also is going to be kind of weird, is seeing a lot of bigger names in different jerseys, like Bobby Wagner, a name we've only ever seen in a Seattle jersey. Juju, we've only ever seen in Seattle, uh, Pittsburgh. Devontae Adams, only ever seen in Green Bay. Chandler Jones, only ever seen in Arizona. I could go on forever. It's just, it's so weird to be seeing all these big names get moved around. A.J. Brown, it's going to be weird to see him something other than Tennessee, but I think he'll look good in Philly. I don't know. It, it It's cool, though, to me. It really is cool. I'm looking forward to it because I think it means big things for the league, big league, big things for the teams as well. But that's really it for that list. I'm very curious to hear what you guys think, where you think what team should go where. Did I put a team too high? Did I put a team too low? Let me know. But you know what time it is. You know what comes next. It is this week's Fast Break. After 40 years of being the CEO of the Worldwide Entertainment, WWE, Vince McMahon has officially retired. A pretty big trade happened in the NHL. Matthew Tuchuk from the Calgary Flames, along with a fourth-round pick, was sent to the Florida Panthers in exchange for forward Jonathan Huberdeau, defenseman Mackenzie Wegar, forward Cole Schwint, and a 2025 first-round pick. An unfortunate story has arisen as running back Chris Carson is officially retiring after five seasons in the NFL from the Seattle Seahawks due to a neck injury. There are some more teams that are being considered for the Big Ten Conference, like University of California, University of Oregon, University of Stanford, and Washington University. All look to move from the Pac-12 as further expansion is considered in college football. Well, there you have it, guys. That is this week's Fast Break and, of course, the episode for the week, number 35. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the episode this week. I'm looking forward to the feedback I'm going to receive for this one. It was something a little bit different. I'm very excited for it. I'm also looking forward to seeing you guys next week on the new episode. We'll be going over a little bit of college football. Can you believe this, guys? We're talking about football again. I love it. Football is back. Not even a week till the NFL begins. Preseason starts before the next episode comes out. And college football is only weeks away. I'm very much looking forward to what I'm going to be coming with in the next few weeks, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Spread the love. Share it on socials. I love y'all. I will see you next week. Peace out. Took my baby to the highest highs.